I uh, wanted to share some pictures with you here. Um, this is, uh, first of all, the, uh, the message is uh, strength. My version of it is strength through weakness. Um, and we'll talk about that theme a little bit. Uh, but to introduce my family, we have uh, seven kids. The, we come back every year uh, for uh, about three months now because we have graduations. We have babies being, grandbabies being born or uh, weddings or whatever. And so, yeah, go back to the pa la ba last picture, please. Yeah. So, um, anyway, we s are celebrating the birth of our grandchild here. Um, his name is Ezra Mark, and uh, he's our second grandchild. Uh, yeah, go back to the original one. Yeah, there they are. Yay! And so Ezra Mark, both the granddads are named Mark, and so we both get to claim him. My name's Mark, too. And there's Cyrus there, but anyway, this is our little family. And uh, yeah, we have good news. My daughter, my mid uh, middle child, the number four, Carissa, uh, just got, uh, she, she just got engaged. Uh, so uh, some good news to share with you. Yeah, we're our ever-expanding family. God said, be fruitful and multiply, and we took him seriously on that one. <laughs> But my last name's Barry, so, you know, it's part of the DNA there. But really, it's part of all of our DNA as Christians, and that's going to be part of the message I want to bring to you. Um, the next picture, uh, uh, this is uh, a Women and Children's Center that's actually completed now, but this was uh, part of the construction phase. Anyway, we bought this property. It was really miraculous. I just wanted to share you a little update about the ministry and what's going on there. We have a men's center, a drug rehab center. And now uh, this thing came about amazingly quick where we were able to buy the land. The woman there said, you know, I don't ever want to sell you this property. And then she, you know, eventually rings me back and says, uh, yeah, I want to sell you this property Anyway, we got the money for it very quickly. It's totally completed now, but it's built onto the, the house there. You could see the center part. We added on the front part, which is a sewing shop, both retail and sort of like a little sewing factory in the front. And then all the way in the back is uh, the women and children's dormitory. So uh, this is sort of the newest development in, in our program, in our, in our rehab program. What we do in Laos is, like, we've, it's a communist government, so much like Abdi's doing, uh, in, in reaching out into Cuba. We're reaching out into another country uh, in Asia, across the world, about 12 hours away. It's communist also. So you, they don't give out missionary visas. It's a restricted access country. And so, anyway, our way our, our foot in the door, so to speak, is drug rehabilitation. There's a huge problem there with methamphetamine addiction. It's actually a global epidemic. And so God has uh, worked it out so that we're able to get official government approval to operate as a rehab. We're, we're affiliated now with uh, Global Teen Challenge, which has 125 different rehab, uh, re it uh, is in 125 different countries. So um, our, our ministry we call transformation. And the way that we plan, have planned or strategized to do that 
is with our four pillars of rehabilitation, church planning, business, and also education. So our church planning is under the vineyard. We've been sent out by the Miami Vineyard as, as church planners to Laos, and we are very grateful to Doral for its support. It really means a lot to us to have your support. Um, you uh, living in Laos, <laughs> you uh, feel a bit isolated and cut off. And uh, we really pr appreciate this church family uh, being behind us. Abdi, visit us one year. Thank you, Marie, too. I, I really am so grateful for the church here. But anyway, monthly, you were, were supported by this church. A long time ago, when Abdi was still the pastor over at the Miami Vineyard, he took a team and visited us in Laos. But it, it really means a lot to us. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, if you keep going on, so this is a church uh, family now that is in this women's rehab. We, each, of the women, each of the rehabilitation facilities has a congregation. We have three um, congregation, a small home church in our halfway house. And this is the church that really just sprung up sort of out of nowhere. Uh, it's really amazing. God's done a, a great thing there. There's people from every strata of Lao society here. Uh, the Lao have three strata of society, the lowland Lao, which are the majority people, you know, which run the government and everything, or in control of commerce and whatnot. And they, we speak Lao, we speak their language. And then there's a, a Midland Lao, uh, which are the original indigenous people. And then there's a, you know, mountaintop Lao, which are another group of ethnic people. But there are people from every strata of Lao society here in this, in this grouping of people. And most of these are new believers. And this church just opened very recently. And uh, it's really exciting to see the fireworks, you know, of new believers coming to the Lord, healings, deliverances, the power of God in operation. It's really spun my head to see how God, what he's done both in establishing this church with a, a great infrastructure of leaders and then, you know, people coming to the Lord and, and the whole thing. I, I want to give him glory for that. Um, this um, is young. I'm not usually a crybaby. I don't know why I'm getting broken up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Young's one of our disciples. He's an ordained pastor. And he's the pastor of this little congregation that you just saw. He's really great. He's got a wonderful heart. You can see the smile on his face. He's a, a, an incredible evangelist. Uh, the next picture is Kak and I and Bangkok. We're kind of on an uh, overlook here. But uh, we were going to a conference. But Kak is the head of the vineyard in Laos. And so we call it the Vientian Vineyard now. But... Um, we have a vision to multiply home churches. The strategy the Lord's given us is to multiply home churches from uh, Psalm 107, 41. Well, further back it says, sow fields, plant vineyards, reap the fruits of increase, and God blessed them and multiplied them greatly. 
And then it said the Lord raises the poor out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. So that's basically encapsulates our vision. Uh, you know, the, the Lord raising the poor out of affliction, the disadvantaged, the poor, the marginalized, um, drug addicts, and then making their families like flocks. The Lord's given us this vision to start a home church planning movement. So what we're doing with our centers is we're making them like mission centers and training centers. They all have a church, but all of them have ordained pastors now. And so our ordained pastors are going to be training up lay pastors to then multiply home churches. And we're really kind of just at the inception of this. I, even though what, we've been there for about 25 years since 2013, it feels like in many ways we're just beginning. Um, but uh, anyway, that's CAC there. And the, the message that I want to bring to you, I, want, I really want to encourage you in your own ministry we all because we're christians are are called to the ministry we're called to evangelize we're called a disciple that's our dna we love our father and we want to share you know we want to tell others about him so but the the reality is is that you know and it, it's part of the theme is we're incapable of doing uh, what god's called us to do really when it comes right down to it because it's a supernatural thing no one you can't birth someone into the kingdom that's a work of the spirit but god wants to use his children to do that and so i'd, I'd like to share a little bit from the word of god to motivate you to mobilize you to empower you to give you vision you know to reach uh, to to fulfill your calling really and and the crux of it is making disciples but before we embark on this, I, I need to pray, I guess. <laughs> I'm a little choked up. Thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you for your spirit being upon us all, Lord. Thank you that this is your house, your home, your people, your family. And uh, I love this church, Lord. And I, I, I think it is uh, really uh, strategic to be here when they're about to celebrate their 15th anniversary or whatever it is with Ralph coming. And I, we just pray that you come, Lord. Just come and brood over this place, Lord. Fill, fill this church with your, your power, your presence. And Lord, uh, anoint us, Lord God. Commission us today. And Lord, uh, just speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. So the introduction, it's really, <laughs> it's not really good news when, uh, you know, about half of the uh, time is spent on introduction, but <laughs> I'll work through this. So anyway, this is the commissioning of the disciples. It's very famous, very important. You know, the, the uh, last words of anybody before they leave this earth, whether they die or not, uh, is very important. And so Jesus you know, is giving his final words to his disciples. So it's uh, worth taking to heart. And um, so anyway, we'll read this passage. Then the 11 disciples went away to J Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I guess you can read it. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them 
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. That's, I need say no more. <laughs> um, so anyway, quickly, this is just his commissioning to the disciples. And it's important to recognize that, you know, uh, the commissioning process begins with worship and a recognition of who Jesus is. You know, uh, they, they saw him on the mountain. The mountain is a place where we meet God throughout Scripture. And uh, they met him there, the risen Lord, in his, in his glory, you know, and majesty. And they, they worshipped him. And, uh, you know, that's really where it starts. There's a, there's a song that says, let worship be the fuel of mission's flame. We're going for a, with a passion for his name. We're going because we care about his fame. Send us out. You know, these guys saw the risen Lord. And, you know, the, that's what, you know, the gospel is really all about. It's about Jesus, the risen Lord of glory. The, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the God of this universe, the, the, this very Son of God who created all things that exist. You know, and, and the one who was risen from the dead, who conquered the grave, who conquered sin, who conquered death. He did it all. And he's worthy of our worship. And, and that is really the starting port, point of the Great Commission. You know, it is seeing Jesus in his glory, in his resurrected magnificence, and just falling at his face. Uh, falling, uh, falling on your face and then, you know, allowing his spirit to come and energize us so we can go out. So anyway... They saw Jesus. He said, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. So based on this, based on the fact that I rule over the universe, I have the keys to hell, to, to uh, heaven and earth, you know, and in giving them to us, he commissions us and says, go in my name. Go, therefore. Therefore is an important word. And one thing I want to really encourage you about is going. You know, uh, this idea of stepping out on the water, getting out of the boat, getting out of your comfort zones, getting out of what's nice. And, you know, we, we as human beings tend to build a life for comfort and ease, and that's natural, and God wants us to be blessed. But he doesn't want to stay, us to stay in this place where we're sort of entrenched or sitting back and not going forward in our life and taking risks and, uh, you know, building his kingdom. And I appreciate you being a part of all that, that that's really your heart. Being a child of God, you, you want to proclaim God's fame. Um, but... You know, we tend to take a sit back. I remember when I was, you know, in, in dialogue with the Lord about the, what he wanted us to do. You know, he, he gave me a vision from this scripture 
you know, when I asked him for a nation to serve, and, and he showed up to me in a vision as I was waiting on him, wait in my heart, and, you know, revealed himself to me as, as the Lord of glory and, and said, Laos. And, I'm, and I was, when, when he said that, I said, okay, Lord, you know, do it. I'm, I can't bring this about. I'm weak, you know, but you, I, I know this is from you. Bring it about. But there were significant issues, you know. It was, well, Lord, what about the kids? Because I heard that there were significant uh, health risks, especially fevers, that were uh, deadly for children. And, uh, you know, the Lord just said, Mark, can I, can I give you a better life in Laos than in America? You know, and it's turned out to be true. When we're living for Jesus, when we're doing what he wants us to do, that's the absolute best life that there is to live. And I, after being there for 25 years, thank you. Yeah, praise God. You know, I see my children blessed, my wife, my grandchildren. You know, we have just enjoyed a quality of life, thank you, that is indescribable. And it's not a matter of being in Laos or whatever. It's just being in the center of God's will for your life. We are on a mission from God. And, and um, you know, the Missio Dei, the, the mission of God where he as the good shepherd, is seeking the lost. That's his heart, to redeem, to restore all of creation to himself, and he already did it by the price of his, the, the, the blood of, of his son. And he wants us to share that good news with others. So whether it is internationally or domestically, he wants us to go and have a sense of being on mission on a mission from God. That place of going, that place of stepping out, the kingdom of God is where he wants us to be. And, uh, you know, the, I, I don't want to go through all this. I have too much to share here. But there is this, you know, empowerment that he says when he says go. You know, God's authority, his Holy Spirit is on him. He commissioned the disciples when he baptized them with the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem and set them out to be his witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. So, uh, you know, let us just cloak this earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with his power, with his kingdom, and be his ambassadors on this earth. Um, This scripture talks about the empowerment, the sending out, the going, the envisioning, you know, basically the reality is, is in a nutshell, our vision is the Great Commission, you know, and there is the implication of sharing the gospel in, in this, and the end game is making disciples of all nations, going everywhere, sharing the good news with everybody, and uh, today I feel like God does want to commission you and encourage you. Part of the message, you know, about strength or strength and weakness, um, you know, I, I'm very aware that I, I can't do this. I, you know, we're going to a communist country. We're, we're going to a people that I don't know their language, their culture, or any of that other stuff, at least initially. And, uh, but 
and it, and it came down to that. I was saying, well, Lord, okay, you've sent us to do this, but we can't do it. You know, you do it in us. You do it through us. You show us and, and give us your strategy. And the Lord really has been good to do that um, in terms of church planning. I mean, to, to plant churches in Laos is really, uh, it's beyond us. I, we just couldn't do it in a communist context. Not just from that standpoint, but the church culture, the Lao Evangelical Church, which is a government-approved church there, um, that was probably more difficult than dealing with the communist government. <laughs> and sometimes the church can be difficult, can't it? <laughs> you know, we have all our ideas and all that, and they had their territory too. And it took me virtually all this time working through relationship with with the church to be able to be accepted and approved and released so that now we are uh, on our own right our church is accepted by the Lao Evangelical Church in the prefecture of Vientiane when uh, it just seemed like we were getting swallowed up by them and couldn't break out and establish our own identity you know based on the word of God but anyway God's the, the, the idea there is God makes a way where there is no way. And, and what is, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, I am. What is impossible, uh, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So what he's called us to is impossible, but not for him. And uh, we're, right now, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to this last slide uh, where I show Borekamsai province, the, the map of Laos. So what God's got us doing now, our, our end game is to reach unreached people groups. When I first uh, responded to the call, I understood that there were like 17,500 different ethnic groups in the world. Uh, at that time, back in around 1991, there were 12,500 still unreached. In Laos, there are 58 unreached people groups. So what God's given us a strategy to do is to, um, for, we've basically gotten established in Vientiane, which is the capital city, which you could see up there. It's actually the border of Laos is the Mekong River, the 10th largest river in the world. And it's, yeah, it serves as the boundary between Laos and Thailand. And in Vientiane, there's a, there's a bridge connecting them. So with our center and our churches, you know, we set up home base. But now what God's doing, we believe, is launching us out into the provinces to reach unreached people groups. In the province just south, Bolikamsai province, there are seven unreached people groups. And so God's setting the stage for us to open up a center down there, which is really exciting, with the intention of setting up as a, a rehab center, excuse me, but also a mission center, so that we can train people and send them into the provinces, uh, rather into the province of Bolikamsai. And there's actually a new province by Bolikamsai uh, near Sianquang province called Saisambun, where they also have unreached people groups that we're going to use these um, mission centers to, you know, send out our workers to train them up and to send them out. So I really appreciate your prayer in this. I've heard 
it said that one of the most difficult undertakings in the world is to reach an unreached people group. And I've experienced just the difficulty of reaching the Laos somewhat. I mean, just very superficially, I feel like, but we're making, we've established basically a beachhead. But uh, the unreached people groups are some of the most oppressed, some of the, the poorest, I mean, oppressed economically, spiritually, gender-wise, across the board, politically, it's just incredible. So sort of breaching or making a relationship or inroads is very challenging. And again, you know, we, we can't. What, what's impossible, uh, you know, it's impossible for us, but it's not for the Lord. And uh, he's given me faith after seeing what he's done in these last 25 years that I, I really believe this is for him and he's going to help us do that. So as you're, you know, uh, giving your tithes and all that here, and, and, uh, I, I, which I really appreciate, you're, you're helping support this mission, you know, in Laos to unreached people groups. And I'd really appre appreciate your prayers because, uh, yeah, we need, we need all the help we could get. So you, you think about the uh, metaphor of war, which it really is. We're all at war. You know? <laughs> Some aren't engaged, maybe, but, you know, the devil is. <laughs> and so we need to be on our P's and Q's and be on a military, uh, a militant footing, really, yeah, and, and fight the battle spiritually. It's not, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Uh, but against powers, principalities, rulers of this world's darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heaven, heavenly places. But so anyway, we need we need your prayers um, there. But anyway, there's a metaphor of of uh, you know when there's a battle taken, the, the the importance of establishing air superiority, and that's prayer. You know that that can't do it without you. And so often the, there's power comes from a distance and whatnot. And it, it's when the whole church gets behind something. So anyway, I appreciate your prayer in that. And then the, you know, the boots on the ground, the, yeah, the missionaries on, on, uh, in there and, and, and our people. I, I, yeah, anyway, we have great Lao people. We, we have a great staff and, uh, you know they're um, they're they're wonderful. We're working to hand hand this work off to them. I'm 64 now, and uh, you know by 70 we're hoping to have everything completely set up so the Lao are doing it. And, and then I don't know what we'll do. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll go out in the boondocks and try to win some other people to the Lord. Anyway, th this idea of strength through weakness. Second uh, Corinthians says. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So we get to rejoice in our weakness. You know, I... We're, in some ways, we're weak. We're just a small group here. But, uh, you know, God is with us, and uh, he's the one who makes us strong, enabling us to do impossible things, you know, just w completely beyond our capability. Um, 
But, you know, because God's with us, that's part of the Great Commission and the precious part about it. He said, I'm, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So the reality about the, the Great Commission is we get to walk side by side with the Lord as we're going forward. He is with us, and he is faithful to himself and to us, and he's going to accomplish these things that he's called us to do. And uh, he's going to fulfill the vision of this church. You know, though, uh, you know, though it tarry, it's going to happen, you know, because God's the author and initiator of this church. He birthed that. I remember Ralph, you know, um, you know, we were good friends and all that. And the things that God intends for this church and for you are all going to come about in God's own good timing. Not in our own strength, but in God's, you know. So uh, anyway, I, I'm very aware of our own weakness. I, I think God brought me to Laos, you know, took my family to Laos and all that, just so that he can reveal his power and his goodness to me. I, I think I'm probably a, a tougher nut to crack than most, so he brought me to one of the most difficult places. But the reality is, is it's, it's all hard, you know, regardless of where you're at. Uh, you're going through your own challenges and difficulties, and the Lord wants to encourage you that, you know, he's saying, I am with you, and I am going to see you through. You know, he's going to... And make a way where there is no way. Someone who can relate directly to this is Abraham and Sarah. We can't go through all these scriptures, but talk about strength and, and weakness. You know, here's a guy who's 100 years old, a woman who's 90, God's saying you're going to have children. <laughs> and he's saying, what? You know, are you nuts, God? You know, but just read some scriptures. Um, so here's the commissioning even for Abraham telling him to get out of his comfort zone in Haran. The Lord uh, had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So he's saying, go, Abraham. You know, he's saying, go, people of God. Go. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and will make you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You know, God's saying that to you, too. Because you are offspring of Abraham. You are children of Abraham. You're children of faith. And he's saying, go, be fruitful, and multiply. He's saying the same thing that he said to Abraham. You know, and he's going to bring that about in your life. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So uh, let me ask you a question. Do you know why they call Abraham one of the most intelligent men in the Bible? Because he knew a lot. I knew my wife would laugh at that. She likes corny jokes. Some people, this has gone like way over your head. I know it's a little, a little lofty for you, you know, but so. Anyway, 
Go get out of your comfort zone. Throw in your lot with me, and I will bless you exceedingly. Um, yeah, anyway, throw in your lot with me. I will, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Laughter is good medicine. Um, yeah, so anyway, that, that's one of the points. Uh, just get out of your comfort zone. Uh, we'll go to the next one. Um, with, so anyway, um, I'm at the wrong slide. Yeah, no, I'm not. Okay. So, yeah, I've been enjoying the, the beach, the ocean, the sky, and all that. And uh, it's a beautiful uh, metaphor where God brought Abraham outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars. If you're able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God's saying the same thing to you. You know, look up into the heavens. Look to me. Look at the stars. Look at the sand and the seashore. God, it's to God's glory that we bear much fruit. The Bible says that about us. You know, it's to the Father that you, you bear much fruit and, and show, so show yourself to be disciples. The Great Commission is not about winning souls, even though it's implied and is really important. The crucial aspect of our, our approach is to make disciples, you know, to get the word of God and to, uh, uh, you know, impart it to others. And the heart of discipleship basically is to, for you to meditate, to read the word of God, to meditate on it, and then to pass that word on to your children and your spiritual children so that then they can meditate on it and focus on God and usher in the kingdom of God through the focus on the word of God and then pass it down from generation to generation to generation. And, um, you know, God, God has ordained for you to be fruitful and multiply. Um, so, uh, slide... Okay, so, yeah, we're moving on. So, so God said to... Um, to Abraham saying by myself I have sworn declares the Lord that because you have done this and have not withheld your only son I will surely bless you and I will multiply your descendants like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore your descendants will possess the date the gates of their enemies and through your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my name. So, you know, the, the Lord asks a rhetorical question, you know, is anything too difficult for the Lord? And I remember him answering that for me. Um, you know, there was a, there was a time where, um, before we had children, um, you know, it's like, God, I'm waiting for the promise here. You know, w way back when, when I was just beginning to uh, get to know my wife, I took her to a little Bible study, and at the end of it, I brought her home. You know, it really wasn't a date. I think it was the first time we went out. She ended up sharing with me about how the doctors told her she wouldn't be able to have kids. And I drove away, and I'm kind of shaking my head thinking, God, where did that come from? Now, I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> you know, in my thinking about marriage or anything. But, but God was, and he said, Mark, you have to have faith. So it's like, wow, okay, you're calling us together but it was about children, and my wife, you know, was barren. And, you know, the doctor said she probably wouldn't be able to have kids. 
And so we're waiting on God's promise, you know. And uh, so anyway, I remember this one time we were in Bangkok Hospital, and uh, she had severe abdominal pain. It was abominable abdominal pain. <laughs> I can't say just, Anyway, uh, abominable ad- abdominal pain. Uh, anyway, um, and, uh, you know, she was going on a gurney into the emergency operating room, and I remember I was fasting, I was praying, I was doing everything I knew to do. And finally, right in that lobby of this emergency operating room, I cried out, God, what are you doing? <laughs> Getting a little dramatic here. Um, and God spoke to me. You know, he said, Mark, Mark, I'm in control. And total peace flooded me. And then we had one child and another and another. <laughs> the whole God. Say, <laughs> thank you. It's like, God, stay your hand of blessing. Not really. I wanted all the children I could get. Anyway, we, so from the age of 36 to 47, we had children, which was really crazy. Yeah. And on six were C-sections, the last six. The last child that we have, Judah. There's Judah. Let's give Judah a hand. Yay, Judah. Ariel, too. She's my fifth. But anyway, I asked, uh, anyway, that's another. Well, I asked for, I said, God, I'm not, I'm not, I, I would like a son, you know, one more son. My oldest was a son. We had five daughters. And I said, God, I, you know, make a complete set here, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't mind one more son. And I said, but I'm not going to say anything to my wife, you know. And uh, I said, you're going to have to talk to her about that. And then she, she came to me, God. Mark, guess what? God gave me a dream, and, you know, he showed me we were going to have a, a, a son, you know. So, anyway, there's Judah, and there's God's <laughs> promise, child, you know. But, anyway, we were in this, you know, I cried out to God at, at, at this operating room, uh, and, and God gave me peace about it, and then, you know, Carol came out. The doctor told me I, I, I might have to do a total hysterectomy, but when he came out, he said, well, you know, I just had to take out one tube and one ovary, so... Anyway, I don't want to get too into it. But so on one tube and ovary, we, we had seven children. But anyway, the, the, the thing is, is that there was a death to a vision for me. I had to come to this place, oh, God, okay, you know, do what you will, and just die to this. And, and God, uh, what, what the problem is with maybe some of us in, in um, A Dream Deferred by Langston Hughes, you know, we we haven't allowed God to bring us to death in a sense, and and He, this is a um, you know an important principle of the kingdom that death precedes resurrection. You know that weakness ushers in multiplication. So I just want to encourage you in that. Allow God say God bring bring this thing to death. We, we experienced that, okay, I need to cut this short, but anyway, we experienced that with our center. We, I saw this land, I knew God led us to it, it was miraculous how we were able to purchase it and all that. I talked to the district governor about opening up a center, the whole thing, uh, we had, uh, you know, prepared for this, and they said, yeah, go ahead with it, we, we bought the land and all that, built on it were open for four years, and then people started coming to the Lord at our center from the village, 
and then the police came down they shut down our center we had to have you know all our kids all the people that were real rehabilitating leave except for uh, our staff we manned it for two years and i'm saying god what happened but what god did is brought it to death the government took our our document you know and rejected it <laughs> you know our application that had been going on for four years this is the way they do things in laos you open up things and then they approve it afterwards you know eventually maybe you know anyway uh, so I said, you promised, you know, and, and so anyway, I'm praying, I, I fasted a long time for this, but God was bringing it to death, and more than that, he was bringing stuff in me to death as well, and it was brutal, I mean, <laughs> God can get rough, I mean, think about it, he allowed his own son to die on the cross, a brutal, agonizing, tortuous death, you know, so he's going to allow us to go through some pain. But the beauty in it, it's redemptive. And, uh, you know, er everything in God's economy of things is, is for our good, ultimately. But it's so that, you know, the flesh, whatever, dies. And, and then he brings resurrection, and he did. And so now we're, our, our center's over. We are, we're the first to have gotten official, to have gotten official government approval by any private enterprise for a rehab pr program in the prefecture of, of Vientiane. And the, the official, he, anyway, it was really amazing. God told me, Mark, I promised you I'm going to bring it about. I said, well, that's great. When? <laughs> you know? I'm happy for that, but I've been waiting a long time. And he said, you know, he gave me this sort of enigmatic, enigmatic you know, phrase at the uh, change of the season at the beginning of the new, new year. And I said, the change of the season, the beginning of the new year, the season doesn't end at the beginning of the new year. And it's like many things with God, you won't understand it until you get there. And it turned out exactly that way. When I went back after he showed me that from the summer, it was fall, you know. And so this, this government official gave me verbal approval and said, We're, we have given you permission to open up your center. And then on Christmas Day, at the beginning of the new year, we got um, the written approval for our center to, to open. And the, the, what I realize is, like, we're so puny in our vision. God sees everything. And he, you know, there were so many things behind the scenes spiritually and whatnot that he had to deal with as well as character issues and me and in you that he deals with. And anyway, he ended up bringing it about so that since that time, we have just enjoyed God, the favor of man and the favor of God there. And, uh, you know, God's really busted things open. Um, I need to get through this quickly now. I'm sorry I'm kind of going uh, at length. Um, you know, you remember the name of the child. You know, there's this uh, account with God and, and Sarah, and God loves Sarah. And, and, you know, when she overheard God speaking to her husband, she laughed in her heart, and it was like a bitter laughter, really. Ha! Because she had been waiting all her life. And you might be waiting. You might have been waiting a long time for things, but God. It might seem slow, but he is always on time. And in, in the Bible says, in the fullness of time, Sarah bore 
Abraham a son, and they named him Isaac. And, you know, in the beautiful irony of God and humor of God, they name him Isaac. He laughed, or, you know, I laughed. And you're going to laugh when you see the real, realization of your heart's desire. When the Doral Vineyard busts open, and I, I want to encourage you in regards to this. God, God is going to bring it about in his own time. So let's not forget to laugh at ourselves in our predicament because God's going to give us Isaac, his child that promised God's miracle. He's got his Isaac for you. And here's the picture. I don't know, did we show that already? The picture of the promise. Yeah, the, the picture of Sarah and, and Abraham with the baby. Yeah, praise God. You know, he's got his Isaac. I, I don't know if there's some people who want to have children and can't. But I believe God's got that for you. He's got his Isaac for you. And you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh with joy. Um, at, at our amazing God. God is amazing. He made me laugh. He made my life, wife laugh. I'm still laughing with Judah over here. <laughs> um, he's funny. Uh, anyway, um, here I just, I'm going to run through this quickly. Our trials expose our weaknesses and help us to rely on God's strength. Therefore, there's cause for rejoicing when troubles occur. We don't often say thank you, God, when we have problems, but that should be our response. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. And fix our eyes on Jesus rather than our problems, and he'll able, enable us to supersede them. He'll, he'll, bring, it, he'll bring his redemptive uh, answer, you know, uh, reality to bear and, and bring us through that. So anyway... Um, I talked about this before, disciples make disciples, and uh, you know, the Bible says God has, well, I'm sorry, this is a summation of what I want to share. Just briefly, God wants to um, make us fruitful and multiply in in every way in our lives, and uh, part of the way we do that is stepping out of the boat and moving forward. Uh, I remember just a simple thing. The other day I was at the vineyard. I got a six-pack of those cards, invitation cards. And, you know, we, like I was saying, we like to stay comfortable and all that. But I just said, oh, Lord, help me to hand these things out. And I, I tell you, every one of them, there are only six cards in there. I was at Dick's Sporting's Good with my, my son Judah. I was able to give one out. No one rejected me. They all received them with gratitude. I had an opportunity to share. I was over playing basketball at Miami Shores, and there was a whole... I played basketball with one of my friends who Vic knows, Robin Roberts. There was a whole group of teenage kids there, you know, about 20 of them. And so I felt like God wanted me to share the gospel with them. So I said, hey, kids, I'd like to share a little bit with you now. And, you know, it it was great. I told them God loved them, you know, that if they put their faith in Jesus, they'd be saved and he'd, you know, fulfill their calling and vision in life. And these kids were really funny. And as I'm walking away, I like, I was almost out of the, uh, away from the court. Or this kid yelled out, I believe in Jesus! <laughs> and I thought, oh, that was so good. You know, I got a little fruit there. Um, it was kind of God's way of confirming things. But anyway, it, it, it was cool. But there's no greater joy than sharing the good news with others. And I want to encourage you to, to go for it, you know, to make disciples uh, to join me as I join Jesus in this great uh, 
undertaking. There, there's no greater joy. Anyway, just to sum up, God has ordained you to go and bear f- much fruit, to join the Lord of the harvest in his wonderful work, even though in and of ourselves we're n- incapable of doing this. Because he's with us, the Lord will enable us to bear spiritual offspring as numerous as the stars in heaven and the sand of the seashore for his glory. So God bless you all. Thank you.